Amen, amen, amen. Aren't you glad to be here today, folks? Honestly. We just wanted to have a little fun today with you guys, and I hope that you have fun with us as we worship God with our talents and abilities, playing and singing some bluegrass music. And so it's just always fun. I grew up uh, singing bluegrass music, not singing, but going to bluegrass festivals. My dad uh, took me to bluegrass festivals pretty much every weekend when I was a kid, and so I, I just felt like that that's like the music of our, our area, you know, it's just our region, our, our, uh, our entire state. And so I'm thankful for that. And if maybe it's not your preferred style of music, I looked around, maybe a few of you looked a little sour this morning, but you know, we'll come back to, to what you like later on. <laughs> today was fun. And so thank you for the team that put all of that together. I'm excited today to continue this series. This is my story. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had so many, we've had a couple of folks uh, that have been sharing about their stories. And so I'm just thankful to hear what God is doing in people's lives. And I've said this over and over. I could stand up here and teach you. I could stand up here and talk to you forever. Uh, and sometimes it will not really mean much to you. But when you hear what God has done, when you hear of what God has done in someone's life, it truly has the power to transform you as well. And so I'm excited today to invite my friends up to the front, uh, Wendell and Karen Hall, and they're going to join me today as we talk about their story. Let's make them feel welcome this morning. <laughs> Have a seat, sir. Wendell, Wendell's a little bit uh, tired today. We were working here at the church yesterday, and he was up on a, uh, uh, what, what do you call that little? Scissor lift. Thank you. Yeah, that's... Anyway, thank you for being here today, guys. Um, if you hold that in until it turns green, it should be good. He'll make sure you're turned on. Just there you eight. go. Listen there. Okay. I'm excited about Wendell and um, Karen today because for the past couple of weeks, um, first week we talked to Josh and Jenny Stone, and their story was one that just, you know, it was a story of, of, of finding yourself at the bottom of the barrel. And really nowhere to go but up from there. And so they had that moment of, wow, this big epiphany. Last week we heard from uh, Miss Lori Bricken and she talked to us about, you know, what God has done in her life. And maybe it wasn't the big moment of epiphany of this is the transformation, uh, but it's just God's faithfulness all throughout her story. And what I'm excited about you guys today, because I know uh, you're all story a little bit, and so I'm excited to be able to share that today because it's not this huge moment of, bam, there it was, and this is what God did, and it was amazing. It's a series of small things, small steps or small stories that really combine into a really marvelous um, um, story of God's faithfulness and transformation power. And so I'm excited to jump in with you guys today. With that, can you just kind of explain a little bit about what, um, what life was like before God transformed you? Sure, but let's not get it twisted. Karen was here too yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I, oh, I'm sorry. I painted and I cleaned. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. This is how it's going. All right. Okay. So, um, <laughs> my childhood was basically, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm, my bad, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, my childhood was basically, I had a really great, what I thought was a great childhood. Um, my mom and dad loved me. Um, they spoiled me. I had aunts and uncles that uh, didn't have children, and they spoiled me. Um, 
I would go to church occasionally up until about the age of six with my aunt. And just like Lyric, I'm sure a lot of you, um, mostly second service knows, Lyric runs around mm -hmm. because she refuses to go in children's church. And um, I wouldn't go in children's church either unless my aunt was actually teaching children's church. But the only thing I really remember about that is I learned how to look up a verse, and I remember that um, Shadrach, Meshach, and I'm going to butcher this name, Abednego, uh -huh. I remember that they taught us that by saying, shake the bed, make the bed, to bed you go. <laughs> and as I grew older, my only experience in church was if there was a bride or a body right here, hmm. a funeral or a wedding. Yeah. That's it. That was really my only experience at church. And um, it was that way until I was an, an adult that should have known better. Wendell, how about yourself? Like, what, what, what did life look like before transformation? Well, I grew up in a home that was very abusive and love and compassion didn't exist yeah. in, in my world. And my dad was an alcoholic and, and he was just a very, very mean person and and he pretty much made my mom do everything for him. And if it wasn't right, he would throw things. And I'd, I'd try at my age to try to block them. And it just got to the point, you know, he was beating me down. And, and, you know, and then as time progressed at 14, he just one day said, I got mine, you need to get yours. So I had to go out in the world and start getting my own. Wow. So, you know, this, this abuse of just... The, the mental and the beatings and things are just continued on and then I started like I said I'm 14 started drinking of course and trying to forget that past and of course that you don't never forget that so you are one of how many kids Wendell there's 10 of us all together 10 of us mm -hmm. and you are I'm, I'm the, the youngest baby. I'm the youngest one the baby wow mm -hmm. and all those all those kids went through the same thing yeah but so, like I said, at 14, I started drinking, and and I guess I just kept getting angry and angry at the world because I had no childhood. So I just moved up and, and left, and then, it was, then I came back, you know, I still tried to be with my parents, you know, I still yeah. tried to do what I needed to do, and then I showed them what compassion is on my father's deathbed. He looked at me and said, I'll see you in hell. So that's... Wow. So that's pretty much my score. So you had... But you had little different opportunities throughout that time of your life. You told me a story about how you almost died at some point. Um, and this was before God, you know, Jesus Christ came into your heart and he saved your life. Uh, but he literally saved your life before. We want to tell about that story. Well, yes, he did save my life from the beginning, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, like I said, I became like I was invincible. Then in 2004, I got woke up because I had an artery bust in my neck. And it was, uh, I mean, actually one of my friends that come at work with me stopped by to see me. I had neck surgery. And nine days later, he walked in and it erupted. And he said, it sounded like a gun went off. Hmm. And I just looked at him and said, something really bad just happened. And of course, he panicked and got carrying and and ambulances came, and they were trying to get the gurney out, and I said, you ain't got time for that. So I walked, and by the time I got to the hospital, 
you know, and they put me in a wheelchair and they was trying to get the tube down me, but it's too late. And I started fighting and the last thing I remember was he jumped on top of me with a knife. And I woke up in Cabahonington on a ventilator. And that's that part of it. It's hard for me to say this again, but it's, you know, it's, it's been a tragedy in my life and I just felt like a piece of meat. Well, they really didn't know what to do for me because nobody had ever survived this. And when I got awake enough to know and I asked her, I wrote it, I said, why didn't you let me die? Mm. I was so peaceful. I mean, it was just peace. I had peace. For once in my life, I had peace. Yeah. So, of course, I got all this nerve damage in my neck still this day, and that just escalated the drinking because... Because I didn't want to be on pills, I guess. And and one of the doctors came in and looked at me and said, me laying there and said, I didn't save you. I just put you back together. God saved you. Mm. But I didn't let that click in at all. I just kept doing that. And that drinking escalated and escalated and escalated. And just kept on, kept on. So that was one of those moments. That was one of those little stories where God has shown he's taking care of you. He's faithful. He's going he's gonna to continue to work with you. And... and um, all throughout, and, and just hearing, knowing a little bit more about your story, just hearing all of the different ways that God has really just been with you through it all, uh, even when you didn't realize it, you know, even oh, when yeah. you didn't realize it. Yeah, I was totally blind to it, because mm-hmm. it never was in my life. I didn't know what God was. Well, you, you never went to church. You probably went to church much less than, than your wife I'm when not, you were young. Yeah, I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know what church was. Yeah. Um, back when I was a kid, they didn't even take them to the funerals. They had them at home, so. Yeah. So that was basically that. Yeah. And so growing up in a home where you didn't feel loved, you didn't feel, you shared this with me, and, and I don't want to be, I don't want to jump too far in, but um, you never heard I love you. No, my parents, I, I've never remember them telling me they love me. Never heard those words. Ever. So that, on top of everything that you've been through, led to drinking, and, and um, it just led to a, just an abyss of, of darkness, right? Yeah, I was just eating yeah, I was basically an evil person. I didn't like anyone except my family. I didn't want to be friends. I didn't trust anybody, and, and it just—it was horrible. It's a tough life. Yeah, uh, very tough life. Karen, tell us about um, you guys. Have both, you know, you have had a very different upbringing than him. You're one and only child in your family, right? Um, and so, it's just a little bit uh, of a different story. And you and Wendell got together. You know, life was. Was was what it is and and what it was back then, uh, but Wendell always took care of you, didn't he? I mean, he even when he was drinking, you've shared the story that he was always a great dad, a great father, a great husband, uh, all all that. Absolutely. Um, we met on a blind date, and um, I see now that you know that was the workings from above. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never had to worry about um, money. I never had to go to um, the, the grocery store and decide between great value ketchup and Heinz ketchup. Mm. You know, I always got the Heinz. Yeah. Um, Jessica never wanted for anything. Um, I mean, of course, we said no. We didn't completely spoil her. There was some no. She never got the pony. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, she wanted a baby sister at one time, but then when we told her she might get a baby brother, she said, well, I'll just take a big fluffy cat. <laughs> Unfortunately, Wendell's allergic to cats, so we didn't get a cat. <laughs> so she's had some big disappointments in her life. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Now I forgot the question. <laughs> it really wasn't a question, but I, just share at this point. Let's share about your transformation because I, that's the part of the story I think is so unique uh, to you guys and your family. Okay. Just this whole process. First of all, God is not always thunderbolts and lightning. God mm. comes in whispers also. So um, if you think you hear a whisper, it very well could be God rather than knocking you over the head and making an artery burst in your neck, mm. he may just whisper. So um, I, at just random times, I would just start tears coming down my eye, out of my eyes, and I had no idea why I was crying. And I thought, man, I'm losing my mind. I just, what is wrong with me? And um, I think I finally figured it out. And I sat down, we were having dinner, and I said, Wendell, I, I think, I think Christ is coming after me. Um, I'm just not sure. It was, I, I just start crying, and I just feel some type of way inside. It's just, it's just weird. And at first, I thought my sugar was low. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's good. Wendell's words to me were, "Well, you better listen." And coming from him, that was like, "Wow." Um, you know, he didn't sign up for this. He didn't sign up for a Christian wife. You know, he, he signed up for a wife that would drop the F-bomb and, um, mm. you know, would stand up to him and, you know, just let him have, have it just, cause just, with, just as much as he could, you know. And um, I never backed down. Never. Still don't, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little different now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we um, we went out west. Well, no, I need to back up just a little bit. Uh, me and my daughter, we were on a group chat, um, just a neighborhood chat, and I, I mentioned to um, the girls, I said, you know, so I feel like maybe like Christ is coming after me. Like he he's trying to get a hold of me. And the next thing I knew, Jess was calling my phone, and she's like, Mom, I'm feeling the same thing too. So Wendell and I had planned a trip out west. Uh, we were just going to go circle across the United States. And I said, well, when we get back, we'll, we'll go to church. Hmm. And we'll see if, you know, what, if that's what it is. So we, um, Wendell and I, we, we went on our trip. And, you know, just out of the blue, here would come those tears. And I can't say it's the beauty of the Grand Canyon or whatever we were looking at because most of the the time when I cried, we were going through the cornfields of Iowa, <laughs> and there was nothing but windmills and cornfields for like hundreds and thousands and thousands of miles. Well, that's what it felt like anyway. Yeah. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And I said, I'm having a minute with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got home, and Jess and I started, um, we wanted to go to a, a church, and I'm not going to go through all the details, but... Um, God decided that that was not the church for us. That was not where we were supposed to be. Now, God whispers, but he also knocks you in the head. And we were knocked in the head as to why we did not need to be at that church. And uh, he knocked 100 people out of church that day just so we would go and find another church. <laughs> so we, uh, we drove past uh, Ridgepoint yep. at the time, and we went to DCC. Um, that was where we were supposed to be at that time. Mm -hmm. And I believe that God firmly plants you where you need to be and you know where you need to be. Mm. And it, that's where we needed to be. 
So we went to church, and um, I really, I like that, that style of church. I like the non-denominational. Mm-hmm. So um, I, came, I came home, and um, I really enjoyed it, and I talked about it to Wendell, and I, uh, I kept going, and then I knew. I knew it was time for me to turn my life over to Jesus. And I told Wendell, I said, look, I'm going to do this thing. And I wouldn't be a good wife if I didn't ask you every single Sunday to go to church with me. And so every morning when we get up on Sunday, I'm going to ask you to go to church. And I would appreciate it if you wouldn't say, hell no. (laughs) So um, every Sunday I would ask him to go to church and he would say no. Then my birthday came around. And he said, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I want you to go to church with me. Well, Wendell thought, well, there, I saved me three or four hundred dollars. <laughs> like, well, I might even buy you dinner afterwards. <laughs> oh, wow. He's going to splurge at this one. Yeah. So um, he went to church with me. And as we were walking out, he said, if I ever went to church, that'd be the kind of church I'd go to. Hmm. So the next Sunday morning, he was up and ready to go with me. Hmm. And every Sunday morning, he was up and ready to go with me. Should I stop there? Or should I, keep I want to ask you the question. You actually, this is just something I, I saw randomly uh, in your testimonial video when you did one at DCC. Um, you wrote a little post-it note, and this was your, your who you were praying for. Like once you came to Christ... You had a list of five people that you start praying for. Actually, actually, that was a part of DCC's um, impact list. It's called mm-hmm. an impact list. So you wrote down the names of um, five people that you would intentionally get up and pray for every single day. Every day you lift these people's, you lift the names up to God. You pray for them. You pray for their their salvation. So I had Wendell, um, my daughter Jessica, my son-in-law Brian my dad, and my grandson, Caleb, on that list. And every single day, I would lift their names up to God and pray for their salvation. Mm. Every single day. Um, I don't want are we going to run out no, of time? No, you, know, you keep going. I talk keep a going. Lot. You're good. <laughs> so, uh, to make a long story short, um, Wendell came to Christ. Jessica came to Christ. And Brian recommitted or rededicated himself to Christ. And all of that, and very, it wasn't this big life-changing light bulb moment. It was just a series of moments where you saw how faithful God was to you. God whispered to every one of us. Yeah. That's just amazing. And, and I, I, I love that story because for all of us, like in the room and, and maybe watching online today, that it may not be this big light bulb moment of or this big... Uh, this is, I'm in the pit now and the only way up, you know, only way to go is up from here. It could potentially and possibly most likely be small moments for all of us where, where God is calling us into a relationship with him. Um, what is your life like now compared to what life was like prior to, to transformation? I'll let Wendell start. She's letting you start right now. <laughs> She's going to give you the microphone, Wendell. <laughs> well, life for me after what I've been through is, uh, I mean, I guess I need to back up here and say a few things first, though, about, like she said, 
I said, I'd like to come to a church. That's where I would, you know, if I was going to go to church, it would be a church like this. Yeah. Well, I started having voices in my head. Really, really bad. I mean, it's almost driving me insane. I couldn't sleep or do anything. Then I started seeing monsters, literally. Mm. Every time I'd lay down at night, one would pop up, and my heart would race and race and race and race. And I'd get up and walk around the house. You know, I thought, it well, maybe it's just alcohol. So I quit a couple yeah. of days just to see if that would it, would, it didn't stop. Well, I drunk probably five, six, 30 packs a week, every week. 30 packs? Yeah, 30 that's, packs. That's a big deal. Yeah, I drank a lot. I mean, I had a high alcohol. I could yeah. drink it. So I said, I'm going to talk to Matt Smith, who's a pastor of DCC. And we talked, and I told him about the, mo the monsters and the voices in my head. And he says, well, i tell you what. He said, I think it's God talking to you and showing you what's going on. He said, well, you'll accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And it don't go away. He said, I'll get a psychiatrist for you. <laughs> so it's either Jesus or you're crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm crazy. Well, that was pretty much the way he put it. So. so he said, well, you want to do that tonight? I said, no, I don't want to do that tonight. I don't want to surprise Karen and everybody in the church. And I want to do it. On Sunday. So, and that, I think it was like two weeks later or something like that, we had a miss that Sunday after that. So we did, and then I accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Mm. And as soon as I did that, I saw myself walking towards a person in white with a white hair. And this, the whole world lifted off my shoulders. Mm. And I was like, wow. And I've never seen any more monsters. And I have voices in my head, but they're all good ones now. It's God, <laughs> it's God correcting me on what I need to do. Yeah. As for transformation, like I said, I didn't like people at all. I didn't want to be friends with anybody, but now I'm a totally different person. I love everybody. Yeah. I mean, I love everybody here. And it's just, it's just really changed my life. It's made me and her so much closer we were close before, but now we're really, really close. And it's it's hard to explain how good it feels to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If all the troubles you've got, he can fix it all. Do you still have problems today? Do you still deal with issues? I mean, and why I'm asking that is because our troubles don't necessarily go away. But there's a difference in facing our troubles as a follower of Jesus Christ and without him, isn't there? Yes. Have you, have you experienced that? Yes. Oh, yeah. I still have, I still struggle with, you know, I don't, I really don't struggle that much with drinking because he took that drinking away from me instantly. I had no mm. kind of issues whatsoever, never got nervous, never done anything, which is a miracle in itself. But, but I still get angry every now and then, but nothing like, nothing at all like I used to. But God, the devil's always there for you. Sure. So, Karen says you, you struggle a little bit with um, wanting to be on time for everything. And, I am. And a, she's not I necessarily. Am, I am. I have to be punctual. <laughs> Y'all seen us pull in the parking lot? <laughs> yeah, Brett Hall said I was speeding. <laughs> but yes, I have to be punctual. I can't stand to be late. She told, a, she told some folks the other day that um, it, you guys were about five minutes late getting out of the house and you threw up your hand and said, we might as well not go today. So Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Karen, let me throw it back to you at this point. What's life like now compared to what life was like before your transformation? 
Well, I like Wendell a lot better. I mean, I always loved him. Uh -huh. But um, it's just that closeness. Um, it's knowing that we're going to be in heaven together. Mm. And um, it's knowing that my family is going to be in heaven. It's just brought us all so much closer. Um, it's just... It's just an amazing life that he has given us. Yeah. And I'm so thankful. And I'm thankful for his mercy and I'm thankful for his grace because we are not perfect. Yeah. We are not perfect yet. You know, God accepting Jesus Christ does not guarantee you're never going to have another argument. Yeah. Because the only difference in our arguments now is I don't drop the F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, no, and he doesn't either. And I never had... Wendell was always... Toward, toward me. Like you said, he had his close-knit circle. He had his people. And that was me and him and Jess. And, um, and now it, it, it included Brian and, and the grandchildren. But outside of that, Wendell wasn't interested in cultivating any kind of friendships because he trusted us. He knew that we were always going to love him no matter what um, he could he knew we loved him, hmm. and it was that unconditional love. Oh, yeah. So he uh, experiencing that unconditional love for the first time and actually hearing it, um, I think it just, you know, it's just wonderful. There's just no other way to say it. It's just remarkable what having Christ as the center of your life and as the center of your marriage, what it does for you. What advice... Uh, one of the things that we've talked about in the past, uh, the three of us, is, um, you know, struggling with, with, with uh, Wendell's alcoholism uh, during that season of his life. What, what advice would you give? How did you deal with that? And what advice would you give to others? Maybe it's not alcoholism. Maybe it's something completely different. But it's something very difficult, something hard, well, you know, he, for your family. Wendell was a functioning alcoholic. He never missed a day's work. He's been with Elliot's for almost 42 years, he's, and he's never missed work. He didn't get, get out and drink and chase women and run the roads drunk. I mean, he, he came home. His, his check went directly into um, our checking account. He never asked me what I spent money on. Um, it was just like smooth sailing. Everything mm -hmm. was just always even. And I would, I would look in the garbage can, and I would say, Wendell, you've been home 30 minutes. How have you drank 12 beers? I mean, how did you do that? And then instead of saying, <clears throat> like having those hard conversations, yeah. we should have, looking back, sat down, and I should have said, Wendell, we really need to discuss that there's 12 beers, 12 empty beer cans in the garbage can, and you've been home 30 minutes, and we need to discuss this. But I didn't, and... I let sleeping dogs lie. I didn't rock the boat. Mm. You know, my life was fine. I had money to spend. I could do what I wanted to. We've never been a couple that asked permission to do anything. Like, if I wanted to go um, to Florida to visit my friend, I would just say, I'm going to Florida to visit my friend. Um, if he wanted to go deer hunting, he'd just say, I'm going deer hunting. We never asked permission. Um, but we didn't have those conversations that needed to be had. We did not have those gritty, nitty gritty, here's what is going to be trouble if we don't address it now. I think that's huge. Like, I, I mean, just knowing your whole story, I think that's huge for all of us because it's real easy for us to just kind of, you said it's all even, rather than, you know, everything's just kind of easy going and we're good to go. Wendell's not mean to you. He takes care of you. Everything's fine. 
but he has this demon, like this huge issue that no one wants to talk about because it's going to rock the boat, you know? And so I think for all of us, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is, whatever that issue is in your family, it's important to deal with it. Like it's important to have the tough conversations. Um, when you see and you notice something that's out of character or you notice something that just doesn't seem quite right, it's real easy for us to just kind of ignore it and go on because we don't want to cause any trouble in our, our families and our marriages. But it's really important that we get to it a lot quicker, right? Yes, because we still went places, but we both are early birds, so we would get up and do what we wanted to do and come home, and then he could drink. Yeah. And it, he never drank when we went out or anything like that. But it's just that um, he didn't bring it up either. You know, he didn't say, hey, maybe I'm drinking too much. Um, maybe we need to discuss this. Because he liked life that way. Sure. It took care of, as much as it could, it took care of those demons that were, that were swirling around in his head. So why should he change anything, you know? Happy wife, happy life, mm. you know? Let's just keep going this way. Keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. So um, looking back at, at this part of your life, there probably, we've talked about this, and so uh, there's, uh, there's scripture that you have kind of reflected on looking at this time in your all's lives, um, and it really means something more to you now. What, what is that scripture? Okay, let me give a little backstory. Okay. There, um, I used to paint ceramics back in the day when painting ceramics was cool, and there was a particular ceramic that I painted for my aunt. And it's Jesus knocking at the door. Well, when I was giving it to her, I was really perturbed because there was no doorknob. I'm like, how is Jesus going to get in? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know the story because I hadn't had a church background. So my aunt said, Karen, that's because you have to let Jesus in. Jesus doesn't need a doorknob because you have to let him in. That's really good. And uh, Revelations 3.20. Yeah, Revelations 3.20 says... Look, and this is Jesus uh, talking. He says, look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together. Or another version says, I'll come in and I'll sup with you and you sup with me. Um, but this version says, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. Those, um, and, and so to, to me, that's just so big, such a big deal for us. Uh, and this, you, I, we put that photo up for you because I know that's, that's the one that you sent me. But that's just huge. And I see how that, that like really transcends your entire adult life of, of Jesus knocking small knocks over and over. Every time he saved your life, every time he helped you deal with, you know, whatever was going on in your life, every single time those things happen, he's knocking. And ultimately, one day, he, he pounded on that door uh, while you were traveling and, and just before that so that he could get your attention. In all his wisdom, he came after me first because I believe that I was the foundation that Wendell needed, that Jessica needed, that Brian needed. I needed to be that foundation to build for them to build on. Yeah. That's so, anything else that you guys wanted to share today that you I didn't ask the question of or you just wanted to share? Ask the hard questions. Um, don't be afraid to dig down deep and, and don't be afraid of confrontation because you just may be saving his life or her life. Yep. Ask the hard questions and listen for the whisper. Listen for the whisper. Amen.
Thank you guys so so much for being with us and doing this for us today. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thank you. And she, she did it again, by the way. She said, I'll let you do that. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Karen. <laughs> uh, just so thankful uh, for God's wisdom. And, and we'll end with that verse today. Um, the verse that, that, um, that Karen brought up is that Jesus is saying, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. And I imagine like for each of us in our own lives and what's, whatever's happening in our lives and um, whatever God has brought you through, whatever that faithfulness that God has shown to you, he's standing at the door and knocking. And he wants to come in. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Like he wants to fellowship with you. He wants to come in the door and to have a meal with you, to join you. He wants that so much that the Bible teaches us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That any man that believes in him shall not perish but have life everlasting. Like he wants to come in so much that he gave his life for you. He gave his life in your place. And so he's standing at the door knocking today for all of us. Maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you're already a follower of Christ. And maybe he's, he's showing different things to you in your own life. He's showing different aspects of your life that you have not surrendered yet to him. He wants to come in. He wants to have a meal with you. He wants you to be his child and for him to be your God. I love their story because it's not just this big epiphany one day. that They woke up and everything was different. It's a series of small steps, a series of small stories that led to a life of transformation. God wants to do the same thing for you today. Would you stand and pray with me? Father God, I love you. Thank you so much for this day, what it means. I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. In the midst of everything that was happening in, in Wendell and Karen's life, God, the ways that they were disobeying you. The, the, God, they were far from you. They will admit it. They were far from you. They didn't grow up in, in your house. They didn't uh, hang out with people that did. And, and God, they were far from you. But your word teaches us that even while we were yet sinners, you died for us. You chose us. Even when we are far from you, you are calling us into a relationship with you. And God, you show yourself faithful over and over again, each and every time. God, I pray for everyone in this room or anyone watching this service at any time. I pray, God, that as you are standing at our door knocking, that we will open the door and allow you to come in and transform our lives. We love you and we thank you most of all for Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. We're going to move into a time of reflection. If God's speaking to your heart, or maybe you just need a time of prayer, the altar area here in the front is open. We would love for you uh, to come forward, or you can pray at your seat. Wherever you are, God hears your voice, and he hears your prayers.